Strayer. How are you going? It's Thursday. It's January 27, all day, and I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. For whomever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet booze money, I'm here in Larry Armour Studios hanging out, giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the NBA season. Tell you what, it's all going on right now. Heading into the trade deadline, all-star weekend, it's all coming up. Either way, we're here wrapping Australia a bit. That's what we do. But I'll tell you what, big day today. Ten games. The Hornets set a franchise record. Lit up the paces. Harden's going nowhere, according to the Nets. He didn't play today either. Ja Morant is amazing. Still. So is Devin Booker. Just out there outscoring the Yaz by himself today. Uh, so we've got all ten of today's games in the NBA Australia game wraps. We've got a juicy slab, but that's not a knife. Oh, mate, no, mate. Spot of the night better than Lonzo Ball. And finally, after a day off... Yesterday, yeah, Nas, the unpopular opinion of the day in our back take house, where we're serving up a flame grill take. There's Australian Player Watch. It's Thursday, so we always check in with Big Stephen Adams for Kiwi Corner. And we've got the game previews and picks for tomorrow. Very quick one, because there's only two. It's like a day off for me. That's awesome. Uh, but because I've got a run, I'm going to go grab the squid. We won't have a skid or anything. We might just chuck a cooking with Baines down the end. How's that sound? Good? Good. All right. Episode 745 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Nick K, and you'll listen to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better, especially if you're not a uh, badass. Like Nikola Jokic or uh, Steph or Giannis. Shaq said yesterday, I thought the MVP was a singular award, which means you are the baddest guy in the league, and the baddest guy in the league right now is Joel Embiid. I agree. (laughs) That is awesome. It's the shack attack on any other MVP contender. Right. Let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily whip around. That's right, James Harden out today. Uh, precautionary, it seemed. With the Nets kind of like, ah, oh, look, he's got a bit of soreness. He's out, we'll sit him. And then, of course, came like the rest of the James Harden news, which was essentially that Harden has expressed his commitment to Brooklyn's front office and ownership. He wants to stay in net, seemingly, and he sort of wants to put the uh, the stuff on, you know, all that sort of weird guff about him wanting to be in Philly to the side, which there's not even a thing I hit on yesterday. I did enjoy the simple idea of like, yeah, he does really love loving, living in Brooklyn, man. Yeah, yeah. How do you reckon he's going to enjoy living in fucking Philly? <laughs> It's it's just as cold. It's like two hours down the road. Jesus. Anyway, uh, whatever. The vibe, though, was uh, that Woj, everyone else was reporting that he's repeatedly told management ownership, those in the organization that he's committed to being a net, he wants to win a championship there. And more than that, the big three in Brooklyn, KD, Harden, and Kyrie, what they say publicly, they also say, also say privately. When they're together, they believe they're unstoppable. Which is one of those things where you're like, yeah. I mean, Harden can look at this and go, Oh, might be better for me if I go down the road and go hang out with uh, your man, Joel Embiid. But at the same time, when like KD, Kyrie and Harden actually play together, the Nets are fucking awesome. So it's a bit weird, but the uh, big news on top of this is that the Woj also reported that the Nets haven't talked about 
any sort of trade stuff with Harden and they're not going to entertain any trade offers for him as well. They're not going to listen to trade deadline overtures because it's a resolve rooted in Harden's repeated insistences to ownership and management that he's committed to staying and winning a championship with the franchise. Because that's never backfired and players never lie. <laughs> Literally three years ago, Harden's like, oh, I want to stay a rocket for life. And then he's like, wait a minute. This sucks. Get me the fuck out of here. Anyway. Other news. Bobby Covington. Trailblazers forward. He's drawn interest, apparently. Folks are out there trying to kick the tires on uh, whether or not the Blazers are going to fire up the tank. Uh, the T-Wolves, the Cavs, the Yaz. That checks out. Uh, the thing is, the Blazers did pay overs to get Bobby Covington. So they're going to want a bit of a return for him. I'm just saying. Two firsts to get him out of Houston. Uh, but still... Good on the Blazers. I mean, if they're getting some offers, they got to keep playing, you know, Nurk, keep playing CJ, see how they go. They cop a big loss at home today, as you kind of expect. But, I mean, if they had have stepped up and actually won that game today against the Mavs, who knows where this season would have gone for the Blazers. Anyway, other news. Stanley Johnson has agreed to a two-year deal with the Lakers. The Lakers. That's right. Uh, because his 10-day contract was basically coming up this week. And... <laughs> I mean, the Lakers are just like, look, how many more former Pistons draft picks can we get on this roster? We need to lock them away. We screwed up by letting the KCP, the notorious KCP, go. We've got Stanley Johnson. We've already got Sekou Dumboya here. All right, let's go. Maybe we can try to get Killian Hayes. Anyway, uh, so Stanley Johnson, look, that's kind of cool. The report was that he's contagious defense. I don't know if we should be using the phrase contagious in this environment. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, but a guaranteed deal for the rest of the year. It's one of those two-year deals that you are uh, sign where it's like basically a guarantee for the rest of this season and then a team option for the next year. Last little bit of news, Ben Simmons. Uh, I don't know. Not much is really popping off today. Beyond the vibe that, yeah, Harden, Simmons, cool. Best of luck with that swap. And the more I think about that, the more I'm just like, really? Look, the Sixers can't just sign James Harden, right, this offseason. They have to sign and trade, which means the Nets have to work with them. Even if Harden's like, nah, fuck it, I want to go to Philly. It's like, cool. Philly going to have to give up a shit ton of stuff to get him there. And it's going to, it's one of those like beside the point sort of things where you go, oh yeah, now it's like Embiid, Harden, and not much else. So anyway, tough scenes. The Simmons stuff, I mean, the Sixers and Hawks apparently re- reportedly kicked around a trade of Simo and uh, Tobias Harris for John Collins, Bogdan Dog- Bogdanovich, and Danilo Gallinari. Uh, which is kind of gnarly, and you're like, shit. I kind of fucking love that for the Sixers. I would have done that in a heartbeat, but whatever. To get Bogdan and John Collins for Simmons and Tobias Harris and throwing Danilo Gallinari, it's not so bad. Not so bad. A bit more, extra, a bit of extra playmaking with Bogdan. You're replacing your power forward there with John Collins. I don't know about the defensive side of this, though. Yeah, anyway. Right, let's fly the, through these 10 games worth of game reps. Game reps, 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 game reps. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I've got to run through today's show because old mate is uh, actually out in the office today because she's uh, got to go to the tennis. So I've got to go grab the squid. Means i got to get this show done. So let's do it. Millie Walker, I heard it's unconquered for the good land. It was not the good land today because they lost two. Cleveland. 115.99 because the Cavs. The Cavs. The Cavs. That's right, Cleveland. Cleveland. A fucking legit. I love it. I love it. I know for a fact. 
I know for a fact. I'm just guessing also, really. I know for a fact, but I'm also just guessing, really. The Cavs are fucking awesome. Seriously, this game was unreal. The Bucks were feeling good early. They led by nine after the first quarter. They went ice cold from there. The Cavs just fucking smashed them from there on in. They even lost Darius Rucker Judy Garland for a bit with a sore back. He came back and they kept smashing. They dismantled them. There was nothing the Bucks could do on D to slow them down. Kevin loves torching them. Chetty Osman, Cheddar the Jedi, he was killing him. And then on offense as well, like the Cavs are just big, long, hungry, and the Bucks just couldn't do anything. It was wild. I do love that Giannis was eating, um, you know, at the podium after. He was like, yeah, you know, they just made shots that they were better than us. It's like, all right. Also, they kind of killed you. <laughs> 9 of 32 from three, the Bucks went. 19 turnovers. Giannis had 26, 9 and 3. He had seven turnovers. Fighting Bobby Porter's fighting around the world. Had 22 and 7. He was good. Mitty, 21, 4 and 4. Three turnovers for him. It was, though, Drew Holiday going 2 of 9. Uh, for his 4.7 assists and 2 turnovers in 20. 32 minutes was uh, not ideal for Drew. 11 for Paddy C. Dante DiVincenzo had 9 points on 11 shots and 4 turnovers. And there wasn't much else from the rest of the Bucks, So a bit of a tough one uh, for the Bucks bench crew. The Cavs, though, meanwhile. So taking 9 of 32 for the Bucks from downtown. The Cavs went 19 of 42. I'm no math magician, but making 10 more threes... In 10 more attempts is pretty bloody good. <laughs> Jesus. Darius, Judy Garland, 19 points, 8 assists. He's awesome. Kevin Love, 25 points, 9 rebounds. He's back, baby. 5 and 9 from 3. Jedi, the Jedi, 23 points. He hit 6 threes. Evan Mobley at 16, 7 and 2 blocks. He was wicked. God damn. Had a yam on Giannis that was just brutal. 10 and 10 for Jared Allen. Go the throw. And Dean Wade, a.k.a. what you cross, D. Wade and a member of Ween. 10 points with a couple of threes. Milwaukee dropped to 30 and 20. Cleveland, what? Unbelievable. Cleveland. Jumped them in the standings. They're now 30 and 19. Unreal. Charlotte. Oh, I should have mentioned this at the top. The news, no Gordy Hayward is in the old COVID protocols. He's got 87 kids. Who knows if he's vaxxed, whatever. Uh, 158. That's right. 158 points for Charlotte. They beat Indy 126. In regulation, they had 158 points. What the hell was that? What was that? What the hell was that? And I mean, Indy... This is disgusting! It's disgraceful! It's embarrassing! And I'm ticked off! I'm ticked off! Also, how good was Stephen A. Smith uh, ragging on, like, Kyrie and Kawhi and his Kobe tribute? <laughs> that was pretty great. Anyway, uh, no Gordy Hayward, no Jalen McDaniels, and pew, 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 it was a one-point game of the half. A one-point game. They won by 32. Charlotte took complete control of this in the third quarter. Indy threatened a little bit, and then Charlotte just fucked them up in the fourth quarter, got up 32 points because Kelly Oubre went fucking ham. He hit 10 threes. He had 39 points. LaMelo had a triple-double. Miles Bridges wasn't missing. Everybody joined in. Booknight had 13. Off they went. The paces just stunk. Goga had 17 and 6. My sweet baby. Karis Levert had 10, 4, and 5. I mean, Isaiah Jackson had 17. Cool. Lance Lance making dance 14 and 10 assists. He had 7 assists in the first quarter, actually, which is pretty gnarly. Six rebounds for Lance, though. But, I mean, Ubre 39 on 10 of 15 from 3. He was incredible. And they just sat, like, the rest of the way. It's like, he could go for 60. Holy shit. Lamello has a triple-double, 29, 10, and 13. He was great. 22 for Miles Bridges, 8 of 10 shooting for him. 
He just didn't miss. 20 points for Terry Rose. Hey, here went four of eight from three. Booknight with his 13. Cody Martin, 11, three and three. They lit him the fuck up. Unbelievable. The Pacers, they stink. Uh, they're now 17 and 32. Charlotte drop a half, 158 in regulation. Break a shit ton of records in the uh, meanwhile, right? So this is the most points they've ever had in a half of basketball, 87. The most points they've had through three quarters, 113. And their most points in a game, 158. Most points off the bench for the Charlotte Hornets franchise, Kelly Oubre. Most threes off the bench, Kelly Oubre. Just records everywhere. It's the most points anyone's ever scored against the Pacers. Jeez. I'll tell you what. Ron Artest, Reggie Miller and co. turning in their graves. Anyway. Jimmy, they're not dead. Yeah, settle down. Charlotte, they're 27 and 22. That's a big game. Big, big, big win. Good on them. The Clippers held on against Orlando, 111-102. This was super tight all the way through the fourth quarter. The Magic actually led at the start of the fourth here. Uh, the Clippers just sort of got up and eked out a lead across the fourth quarter, pulled away late. Uh, literally outscored them by 11 in the fourth quarter, thanks to the Duckman, Luke Kennard, who backed up his uh, game-winning performance yesterday against the Wiz. And Amir Coffey, who is absolutely fucking torching it at the moment. Zoobs as well. Avicii Zubza, uh, Zubach, he's crushing it of late. Uh, the Clippers, look, I didn't expect him to win this, uh, but Ty Lu, tell you what, pretty good coach, uh, was basically out there going, look, the fact that we came back yesterday against the Wiz, fuck that noise. It doesn't matter. What matters if we is if we back it up. We can't shit the bed, and they didn't. This was a really good game. Like, Good job, the Clippers. Like A bit of a hack of Winslow late as well. Justice Winslow's out there trying to get a bit of run. And he went 7 of 8 from the free throw line. I loved it. Uh, anyway, the Magic Man, 19, 6 and 11 for us. Cole Anthony, he was actually pretty on fire today. He was all right. He was 5 of 11, 2 of 5 from downtown. 19 points, 11 assists, 6 rebounds. He is good. I love him. Franz Wagner, hello. 21 points, 9 assists, 9 of 12 from the floor for him. Wendell fouled out with his 11 and 9. Mubamba had 10 and 8. Suggs actually chucked in 14, and so did Gary Gary Harris off the bench. Uh, but just not enough down the stretch. And their defense just isn't a good enough uh, spot to uh, stop the Clippers, which is a gross sentence. But here we are. Amir Coffey, I'll tell you what, that's a bloke who knows, like, this is my fucking chance. I need to shine. That's what he did. 19 points today, six rebounds, five assists. He crushed it. Uh, who else? Oh, yeah. The Duckman, Luke Kennard. Quack, quack. Six and nine. Nice from the floor. 17 points. Nick Batum hit four threes for his 12 and 17. Man, had 14. And how good was... Uh, oh, watch out. Reggie, ja- Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson shot. Chill. Woo! That's right. He went three of 11 from the floor. Oh, you love to see it. Thanks, Reggie. Good job, mate. Uh, also, he hit like one shot in the fourth quarter. That was actually a big one, so... Uh, seven points, zero assists, four turnovers. Thanks for coming, Reggie. Uh, Winslow ends up with seven points, eight rebounds, seven all seven points coming at the free throw line. He went 0-4 from the floor, but seven of eight at the line. You love it. Uh, it's pretty good. Bledsoe chucked in 13 as well. Good win for the Clips. They went 15-29 from downtown. Bloody good. Uh, Orlando dropped the 9-40. and 40. Mm, That's good tanking. 25-25 and 25 for the Clippers. That's a... Uh, very 500. <laughs> Sacramento. Ah, oh, do you reckon they stepped up after getting the shit kicked out of them yesterday by the Celtics? If you answered no, you would be correct. The craziest part was they did 
to start off with. They were 33-21 to 21 up after the first quarter in this one. 33-21. to 21. They then were down 67 50. <laughs> 67.50 at the half. They gave up a 46-point second quarter and then proceeded to get absolutely fucking belted. So from 33-21, you turn around in the third quarter, it was 90-60. to 60. Holy shit balls! Yeah, the Hawks stomped them because the Kings are horrible. Uh, Harrison Barnes at 28-9. Davion Mitchell wasn't bad. Four of eight from three. He had 18 and six. Halliburton. Oh, we better build around this core, man. Halliburton had 11 points, seven assists, four turnovers, and shot five of 14 and one of six from three. Buddy healed three of 12 for his eight points. Nothing else. The Kings stink. They got belted yesterday. Got belted today. Trade them all. The Hawks, they shot 54%. Trey Young, he had 17 and 10 with four steals. A Kongu was smashing it. I love to see that. 18 and 7 dunks everywhere. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich had 18 and point seven assist night. Bloody good game, too. 15 and 5 for Lou William Hunter, DeAndre Hanna, Kevin Porter, John Collins at the top. They're all good. They killed him. They're 22 and 25 now. Orlando, uh, not Orlando, Atlanta. Use your words, Jimmy. 18 and 32 for the Kings. The Kings. Kings are really going to Kings it up. The Knicks got embarrassed on national TV again. Miami, 110, New York, 96. The Knicks are fascinating, right? You can always tell them within like the first eight minutes of a game if they're going to be in it or if they're going to get their ass kicked in depressing fashion. This was the second one. RJ Barrett was literally the only Nick to look half fucking decent in the first half. And the Heat were up 13. But Robinson Hero was lighting them up. And it didn't get any better from there. Tibbs just going, oh, no, I've got to stick with my rotations. To like... Absolutely the same shitty result to the point where he's getting ragged up by Jeff Van Gundy. Obi Toppin came on, he shredded. That was awesome, but just nothing there for this Knicks team. They're horrible. RJ Barrett, 17 points in 24 minutes. He was a minus 36. Randall, 11 points on 5 of 12 shooting. 0 of 3 from downtown. Oh, God, he's bad. Four assists, four turnovers. In 27 minutes, he was minus 34. Kemba played 19 minutes. He was minus 30. He had seven points, zero rebounds, zero assists, and shot two of eight. Thank you for coming out, Kemba. Uh, at least 18 and five for Obi Toppin. Eight, no stopping. Obi Toppin off the bench. But yeah, this team stinks. God damn, New York. Uh, the Heat, 16 and 37 from downtown. Like, they're good. And when they're hitting threes, they're unstoppable. Butts had 22, six and five. Hero, there goes my hero. Tyler Hero, 21, goes 6-13, 3-6 from downtown. 25, I'd like to have a beer with Duncan Robinson. 7 of 11 from downtown for his 25. 25 for Dunko, 20 for PJ Tucker. He was awesome. 4-6 from 3. They kicked their ass. Bam! Out of bio, had 6 points, 8 rebounds, 11 assists. He was everywhere. The Knicks, they just stink. They really do. Especially in a game like that. They're 23-26 now. It's uh, slowly getting away from them this season. The Miami Heat, though, they're on top of the East. They're 31-17 and 17 and fucking crushing it. <laughs> now their team is, like, healthy. Unbelievable. Denver beat Brooklyn, a shorthanded Brooklyn team without Harden. 124-118. This was an incredible first half from Brooklyn. Up 65-54 without KD, Kyrie, Harden, and Joe Harris, and Nick Claxton. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge was early at 14-5 in the first half. But that's the LaMarcus Aldridge story now, right? Give you a good half. Bit rough coming home. Cam Thomas, he had 12 points in the first half. Patty was good. 
But the Nuggets, look, they settled in the second half, got out to an eight-point lead, never could quite pull away. They still led going into the fourth quarter. Patty ties it up again, though, at 99 with a big three. But Joker and Austin Rivers, just every time he's in New York, Austin Rivers has like a fucking out-of-body experience. Uh, Bembry and James Johnson, Bloodsport, missed shots. They killed you. Halfway through the fourth quarter, it was still only five points after another big three from Patty. And then a three-point game after uh, Patty assists on a Bloodsport bucket. But then no one scored for two minutes, and LaMarcus Aldridge missed two free throws. It would have made it a one-point game with about three minutes left. And that was that, because Aaron Gordon hit a beautiful jumper. Joker hits all his free throws. They basically finished off because Kessler-Edwards, Bloodsport, Patty, LaMarcus Aldridge, all missed shots down the stretch, and Brooklyn lose. So good win for Denver. Brooklyn, it's getting a bit desperate now. Patty leads the way, 21 points. Cam Thomas, 25, goes four of six from three. Marcus Aldridge, 18 and 8. Bembry, 14 points. But, I mean, this is the problem with the Nets. Like, Blake's cooked. He had a sick dunk. But otherwise, yikes. Bloodsport's not quite enough. I just don't know about Bembry. And then they got the young dudes like Kessler, Edwards and stuff. You're like, yeah, it's cool. Day run sharp, rad. They're also rookies. So, tough scenes. The Nugs went 15 and 36 from three. Joker was awesome. 26, 10 and 8. He was pretty well held in the first half. And then just sort of got rolling. As he does. Two or two from three. I love it. Austin Rivers. Talk about loving it. Just fucking love. I love New York City. I love New York City. Bit of Andrew WK for you. That's Austin Rivers. 25 points, 7 to 10 from three. When was the last time you thought of Andrew WK? <laughs> awesome. One of the best shows I ever saw actually in New York was Andrew W.K. in like a basement in uh, the Lower East Side. It was fucking off the chain. 21-10-4 for Will the Thrill. Boogie! Got booted. Uh, but he had 13-6. Air Gordon had 10-5. Uh, tough scenes now. Brooklyn now 29-19. They're in fourth. But they are only two and a half games out of falling out of the top six. And meanwhile, Denver rolling. Three on the trot. 26-21. and 21. Looking good, feeling good. Toronto pushed Chicago all the way, 111-105, but losing the end. DeRozan had a massive first half, got them a big 17-point lead after the first half. He had 21 in the first half, did DeRozan. Vooch had a double-double. Levine was crushing it. The Bulls are rolling, but then the Raps really wrapped it up. Gary Trent, <laughs> Gary Terrence, Trent Darby Jr., he was cooking. They pushed him right to the end. They got right back in this. It was all tied up, and then it was just like, ah, oh, they couldn't get over the hump. Vooch, it's a massive three. They brought down the house there in Chicago with about 12 seconds left, and uh, the game was over. Tough scenes, though. Gary got tossed, which was just some dumb shit by the ref. You hate to see it. 32 points. He hit six of ten threes. OG, Ananobi, 23, 5, and 4. Scotty Barnes, still awesome. 16, 5, and 7. Siakam was a little bit off. Pascal Sikam Siakam was a bit off with his shot. He goes 3 of 12 for 12 points, but he did have the seven rebounds, seven assists again, and three steals. Does a little bit of everything. But without Fred Van Vliet of the fight in Van Vliet's, uh, what is it, a knee or an ankle for Fred Van Vliet? Uh, sat this one out as well. Just a bit tough for the Raps to get over the top without Fred Van Vliet. The Bulls, they only went 7-26 from 3, but out-rebounded the Raps by 11. DeRozan was awesome, 29 points, 7 assists. Vooch had 17-15-8. and eight. That's a bloody good game. 23-8-8 eight and eight for Levine. Javante Green and Kobe. Kobe White did a little bit as well. Big win for the Bulls. They needed that one. Uh... They're now 30-17, and 17. feeling good, looking good. They're a half game back of the heat at the top of the East, and Toronto dropped to 23-23 and 23 right 
in the morass of the mid midsection of the Eastern Conference. They're at nine at the moment, ninth spot. Uh, Memphis held on for a thrilling win against San Antonio, 118-110. Jimmy, that's an eight-point game. Yeah, it was still fucking fun. <laughs> this is a really fun game. Grizz got up 15 in the second, but the Spurs are awesome against a team like the Grizz, right, where they can both run a bit, get a bit funky, use their youth, use their length, do some weird shit, hit some threes, and they can stay with you. And that's what the Spurs did. Had it all the way back down to one after being down 15 in the second quarter. Got it back down to one by the end of the first half. Memphis sort of set, sort of just kept control of it though, right? Like Jar was awesome all game. He had a massive third quarter. It was like 16 points or whatever. Uh, but the Spurs just kept coming. They tied it up in the fourth quarter. It was like 106 all after Dejunte Murray hit a nice jumper. But then Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. hits a big three. They forced a couple of turnovers, which is the crucial part of this Grizzlies sort of... Uh, run this year where the defense is sneaky awesome, especially in these like late game situations. Like their defense can ratchet it up and Desmond Bain scored like the dagger at the end. They got to the line, Jar kept getting to the line. There's like a great stat where Jar, uh, D Wade and Harden are like the dudes with like twenty points in the paint like twelve times already in a season and Jar's already there. So that's pretty gnarly. Spurs look only nine of thirty seven from three, but look when Devin Vassell sort of gets you 20 points, which is nuts. He goes 8 of 16. Keldon Johnson gets you 18. And DeJounte Murray chucks in a 16, 11, and 10 triple-double. You're going to be in there. You're going to be fighting. Yaka Pertle, Teenage Mutant Yaka Pertle at 18 and 15 with four blocks. They just didn't quite have enough to get over the edge. Uh, tough scenes there. And you expect, like, that's the one where you're like, I always kind of say, like, you need Lonnie Walker and Devin Vassell to both fire in the one game. And the Spurs will be basically unstoppable, and it just never happens, and it didn't happen today. The Grizz, they shot over 50% from the floor, only 7 of 23 from downtown. So neither team had a big three-point shooting night. But it was awesome, because Jarmarant goes 41-5-7. and seven. He was bloody incredible. Incredible. But, you know, dribbling between dudes, throwing up lobs, just dunking all over, motherfucker. It was awesome. 41-5-7. and seven. Triple J, 22-9 and nine for him with six blocks. I love that Jar after the game said, yeah, he needs like a sponsorship with Windex. I love it. He's wiping out shots. He's cleaning the glass. He's doing it all. Desmond Brown, 20 points as well for him. Zaya Williams, uh, he had 11. Spurs dropped to 18 and 31. Pack her up, boys. Tank time. 33 and 17 for Memphis. They're awesome. And then the last two games, which are pretty gnarly, Dallas beats Portland 132-112. They're up 18 in the first half. Got pulled back by Nurk and the Blazers down to nine, heading into the half. Zinger, he was pretty supercharged today. Supercharged Zinger Burger. He had 16 in the first half. They're up nine. Portland goes at him hard, though. But, like, this is one of those most heartening sort of games all season from the Mavs, if you're a Mavs fan, right? Like, they kept him at arm's length. Like, Reggie Bullock hit two massive threes at the end of the third quarter. So they stay up 16 going into the fourth quarter. And it's like, sniper alert. Yeah, Reggie Bullock. If he's, like, being Reggie Bullock that we remember from last year on this Mavs team... They're going to look good, and that's what happened. Uh, Thrift Shop hit a couple of threes to open the fourth, back down to 10. But look, Brunson just took over this game. Like The craziest part was Luka was sitting, and Dallas blew the doors off this. Dunk, dunking shit everywhere was Josh Green. They're up 20 with like five and a half minutes left. They roll Luka out there just to uh, get his triple-double, which he did. And uh, off they go. But Brunson won them this game. Like in the, He put it out of reach, basically, from the Blazers' CJ sat for a little bit, and the game was just done, and he didn't come back in. So 20 points for CJ. Anthony Simons was bloody good. 23 and 6 for him. That's 6 assists. 4 of 7 from 3. 18 and 8 for Nurk. 19 and 9 for Norm! Pal. 
Uh, the Mavs, though, they go 16 to 36 from downtown. They were awesome. 15, 10, and 15 for Luca. Even though he only shot 4 of 11 and 2 of 6 from 3. Like, for him to have a game like that and they just kick the fuck out of a team like Portland and drop 132, you know it's like rolling. Uh, the Zinger ends up with 22 after the 16 in the first half. You love that. Uh, 8 of 18 shooting for him. Brunson, 20 points. He was awesome. Playing himself into a big contract. 20 points, 11 assists. What a game. Powell at 15. Max Shakleba. Hello. 12 and 5. Reggie Bullock. 4 of 7 from 3. Sniper alert. You love it when he's good. He had 15 points. And I'll tell you what. They just look like a different team when he's rolling and their role players are going. But at the same time, this Portland defense is a bit laughable. They're 20 and 28. Dallas and 28 and 21. And then the final game, Phoenix got past Utah, 105-97. Booker outscores Utah by himself in the first quarter, 21-18. Uh, and they're up 21. But then Utah fought back in the second quarter, managed to outscore Devin Booker finally. Ends up 48-26 <laughs> in the first half. But that was a great second quarter. Like They really, really stymied the Suns and fought their way back into this game, which was without Donnie Mitchell, without Rudy Gobert, this stuff that they were was incredible. It was a 30 to 11 second quarter. It was gnarly. Uh, but this is the thing. Like the Sun, it was a bit of a dogfight the rest of the way, but the Suns, like, they'll, they'll just close you out. It took Jordan Jeremy Clarkson having like a slight out of body experience again. Uh, he scored like nine straight points there in the middle of the fourth to make this a really close game, but CP3 just scoots to the bucket. Devin Booker hits a hard, hard mid ranger, and then Hassan Whiteside. Like, just fucks up with an offensive foul and gives away a tech and puts the game out of reach. It was just a tough one for the Yaz. 14 turnovers to 7 for the Suns. Conley has 16 points, 10 assists, but uh, his impact was really limited, I thought. Like, I don't know. Four fouls, shot 5 of 12, 1 of 4 from downtown. It's just a bit tough. 16 and 11 rebounds for Hassan Whiteside, but cost his team the win, basically, at the end. Boyan shot 3 of 13. You're not going to win too many games. If you're the Yaz, when Bojan Bogdanovic shoots 3 of 13 if you don't have Donnie Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Jordan Jeremy Clarkson still had 26 points, 6 of 12 from 3, but not enough, right? The Suns, they only went 7 of 18 from 3, but Devin Booker had 43 points, 12 rebounds and 4 assists. He shot 16 of 28. He was incredible. 9-11 at free throws. He was unreal. Chris Paul has 21, 4 and 5. Biombo, sit down. Biombo had 12 and 6. Cam Johnson... Eight shots for his eight. Bridges, seven shots for his seven. Doesn't matter. They roll. Utah are now 30 and 19. Phoenix have won eight straight. They're 38 and 9. That's a uh, franchise best. Let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Oh, that's a knife. Look, honorable mentions are going to go to Kelly Oubre, who was fucking incredible. 10 and 15 from three. Uh, ties Evan Fournier and the Ant-Man for the most threes in a game so far this year. 39 points, 10 to 15 from three. Lit it up. Absolutely tore Indiana apart. But this one's going to be a tie between Ja Morant and Devin Booker. Two of the bright young stars in our NBA. 41, 5 and 8 with two steals for Ja Morant. 41, 5 and 8. And Devin Booker has 43 points, 12 rebounds, and uh, a handful of assists as well, right? What was it? Uh, four assists. So 43, 12, and four. He shot 16 of uh, 28. Jar went 15 of 28. Two of six from three for Booker. Nine of 11 at the free throw line. They were both fucking incredible. <laughs> like, watching that Jar game, you're like, how are the Grizzlies not on TV way fucking more? Holy shit. 
I mean, it's obviously a weird time zone when you're in the uh, sort of central time zone. The, it's in, you know you're playing a bunch of the uh, games against the West, but still, at least we got to see Devin Booker 21 points in that first quarter. As I mentioned, he outscored the Jazz by himself, 21 to 18. That's insane. Like, I love it. So Devin Booker, Ja Morant, that's the NBA Australia approved performances of the night. And Kelly Oubre, absolutely lighting it up. Gets a mention there as well. That was awesome. You love to see it. Spud of the night, though. Spud, 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 Spot of the night. Uh, Bruce Brown, how about the No Stats All-Star? Or just like a dude who just had no stats today. 12 minutes, 0 for 1, 0 points, 1 assist, 1 turn. He was brutal, I thought. It's like one of those things where you look at like the Nets team from last year and what was the difference? Like Bruce Brown could hit a shot. And then he turned back into Bruce Brown this year where it's like, ah, oh, right. Uh. <laughs> You're like rolling dudes like... Bruce Brown, Jevion Carter out there, and Nets are like, how are we not winning? Uh, two of eight for Kemba Walker, two of seven from downtown. Fournier goes two of seven as well as two of five from three. Just, if you're a Knicks fan, they just make you sick to your stomach. Three of 12 for Siakam and Buddy Heald, not great. Alec Burks, there's another Nick, one of eight from the floor, one of five from three. And Max Struess against the Knicks, caught the Knicks' disease of not being able to hit a shot, apparently. Oh of eight did Maxi go. Over six from three, that is brutal. But I kind of feel like Spud of the Night has to be taken by Hassan Whiteside, right? Like, sure, he had 16-11, but you know me, I uh, don't have a lot of time for Hassan Whiteside. He sort of just, when he goes out there, he might put up some numbers, but just on defense, it's like, all right, but he had two blocks. Yeah, and how many times did he get beat? How many bad fouls did he give up? And then he basically cost them the game at the end uh, with that really dumb, dumb, dumb offensive foul when Conley was basically getting fouled as well. And so there goes two free throws, and he gave up a tech as well. So that pretty much... It was like a five-point swing in a two-point game. So not ideal for Hassan Whiteside. He basically has about the intelligence, I, I think the basketball IQ of a spud. So spud-worthy is Hassan Whiteside, spud of the night. Who's old mate no mates, though? Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? This is a combo. Cam Reddish and Tom Thibodeau. So Cam Reddish obviously not enjoying his uh, New York experience so far because, I mean, what does Tibbs need to see? Like, they're getting absolutely shit-pumped by the heat. Just roll Reddish out there. So you got Q Grimes. Throw Reddish out there. See what else you can do. You don't need to play. Look. You're getting absolutely destroyed, You don't really need to play Kemba Walker. You don't need to play Evan Fournier anymore. You don't need to play Alec Burks. You know what they can all do, Tibbs. You know. Come on, man. And he's like, no, I'll play Kemba. Just 10 minutes of just ineffectual bullshit. Obi Toppin only plays 21. This game was out of hand at the half. Like, what are you doing, Tibbs? So, I don't know, man. Like, Knicks fans are losing their minds about this, about Obi Toppin being, and, like, the bench being really good, but, like, Tibbs' rotations being just a fucking mess and him just, like, relying on his vets and trying to get, like, some sort of cohesion. But this is where the other half of the old mate no-mates for Tibbs comes in. Like, even Jeff Van Gundy was going after him today, going, you're rolling out these rotations and they suck and you keep getting killed. Like, what's the definition of insanity? Like, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Like... Jeff Van Gundy would rather shit in his hand than criticize another coach. And he was there on national TV shitting on tips. Like, that was fucking crazy. 
And like Cam Reddish is like one of the sort of um, oh, Knicks fans like, oh, but nah, what they're going to do is they're going to trade some of their dudes and like open up some space for Cam Reddish. Oh, yeah, based on what? <laughs> God damn. It is tough sledding there in New York at the moment. So, look, I love me some Cam Reddish. I feel like he'd be a really, really good sort of uh, aspect to this Knicks team if you just decided to play him a bit more. <laughs> but Tibbs, not a big fan. And now Tibbs is copying it as well. Pantsing of the night. Fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Uh, fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Uh, pantsing of the night has got to be Evan Mobley yamming one on Giannis with a double hand up. But the pantsing of the night is the Spurs. They got a T because they only had four players on the court. To start the fourth quarter. Oh, man, Pops a basketball genius, eh? Turns out that's a tech foul. You can't do like the, uh, what is it, in Hoosiers, right? Where it's like, my team is on the floor. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. But you still need five dudes to play. <laughs> oh, that's a pants and spurs. What are you doing? That was a close game as well, and they just gave up just a free point because they were just disorganized. That's a pantsum. And finally, better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you don't get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Uh, it's going to be his little brother today. 29, 10, and 13 for Lamelo. He was awesome. 11 of 16 from the floor. 3 of 4 from downtown. Absolutely tore the paces apart. And it was he and Oubre that just really, obviously, just fucked him up. But 158 points in regulation, is absolutely insane. They had 33, 38, 42, and 45 points in each of their quarters. That is incredible. But Lamelo definitely better than uh, Lonzo for 29, 10, and 13 because, I don't know, Lonzo's out. <laughs> Lamelo's dropping triple doubles. All right, let's do some Yenars right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. All right. Time for some year nahs where we take a bunch of NBA storylines, decide whether they're more year or more nah. It's brought to you by the DailyLiquor.com from East Ninth Brewing. If you're in Melbourne, it's party time. Still hotter in hell, better go to the online bottle. I bring it all to you rather than going to the bottle and trying to get that Omicron Percy I8. And if you're banging the code Straya, you get a free six-pack of that Dos Blocos XPA. Yeah, because that's a great drinking beer. So it's for the Melbourne metro area, same-day delivery before noon. Smash the dailyliquor.com right now. Check out all their beers, wines, cocktails, whatever you need. They'll bring it to your door, Rona free. And if you're banging that code Strayer, there'll be a free sixer on top of it. How good's that? Thank me later when you're necking beers. Right, some ENRs quickly today. The Cavs, could they nail the what? One seed? Yeah, nah. I mean, fuck yes, they could. Because they're only one and a half games out of it at the moment. And, like, the Bulls are dealing with injuries. The Nets are dealing with injuries. The Bucks can't quite seem to put it all together. The Sixers are riding in beat until he just, the inevitable, oh, he's hurt his hammy. Like, the Heat might be the one team that just looks so fucking solid that they might be a bit, in, a bit unimpeachable. Uh, but the Cavs, they're 30-19. and 19. It's literally one game behind the Bulls and, like, one and a half games behind the Heat. That is absolutely unreal. 
Yeesh. And they've got a point differential that's better than the Bulls, better than the Nets, better than the Bucks, better than the Sixers, and, get wait for it, better than the Heat. So, yeah, they're fucking legit. The craziest part is, could they go for the one seed? Yeah, nah, fuck yes, because they can easily make a move or two moves at the deadline, get a scoring guard that can come in, light it up. If you add Eric Gordon or, or my sweet baby carrots Levert to this fucking Cavs team, they are set. Like, they've got a great balance of offense and defense with Okoro and Allen and Mobley and Garland with, like, the... Sort of weird mix of playmaking, shot-taking, shot-making. And, like, the fact that they're doing all this after they lost Sexton and Rubio is absolutely... They won today without Larry. Larry, that's a girl's name, marketing as well, BT Dubs. Like, they've got a weird, weird sort of set of lineups where they're very interchangeable. You've got bigs with different skill sets. You've got Larry, you've got Allen, and you've got Mobley. You've got the sort of do-everything Swiss Army knife of Vakoro. You've got Garland. You just act, like you've got Kevin Love coming in off the bench. You've got Cheddar. You can get also a bit hot. And they've got some sort of fill-in dudes. If you get one more sort of half-decent dude in there, fuck yes. Number one is definitely not crazy. But definitely staying in the top five is not at all fucking insane. And that's incredible. So if they go for them one seed, coming into this season, people barely had them making the fucking playoffs. That's awesome. What a story. Fucking Cleveland! Cleveland! I love it. Flip side, are the Nets good enough to avoid the play-in? Yeah, nah. I mean, not at the moment, nah. Uh, they've lost 10 in the last 16. They've lost three in a row now. Without KD, like, this is always going to be the problem with Kyrie not playing home games, right? You just, you built in redundancy of having KD, Kyrie, and Harden isn't a built-in redundancy when one of your fucking players is a dipshit and is only a part-time player. I mean, he's not taking a part-time salary. He's still getting paid for all his shit, but fucking hell. That's ridiculous. Uh, but with KD as well, I think like the under-reported under thing of this would be that they lost their sort of defensive backbone as well, right? Uh, so their defensive sort of intensity comes from him too. And so they get in these weird shootouts. And without Kyrie at home, or obviously Harden today, like they just don't have a chance. They can't quite keep up. Without Joe Harris... Like that one extra like super reliable shooter outside of Patty Mills as your role players, then it's really tough. Like the fact they've had to lean on Lamarcus Aldridge so much this season is fucking crazy to me. But anyway, look, this is the thing. Like if they can get one more wing dude who can do anything on both ends that's a little bit better than DeAndre Bembry or Bloodsport James Johnson, who I love, but not as like a giant rotation piece. Like that'll very much help. But of course. Look, as long as they stay in the top six, I don't think they give a fuck. As long as KD comes back healthy, they'll be fine. You know? As long as Harden's not actually, you know, out for any extended period of time as well, they should be okay. As long as they don't slip out of the top 10, (laughs) you know? Which, to be honest, in this East, who fucking knows? Because they are really only six games ahead of the uh, Wiz. So, just saying. Just saying. But either way. And finally, Jar Joker Joel. The three J's. Ah, if you know me at all, you know that I love talking about the Dallas Mavericks of the early 90s, the three J's. Jamal Mashburn, Jason Kidd, and uh, what was his name? Jim Jackson. Love the three J's. Triple J there in Dallas. Now we've got Jar, Joker, and Joel. The question is, is there anyone more entertaining right now than those three in the NBA? Yeah, nah, nah. They're top three easy. Jar, Joker, Joel. 
Like even Devin Booker, that was fun today, but it was nowhere near as electric as Ja Morant. Like that first quarter was awesome, but Ja Morant just did it all game. And they turned to him when they needed everything, and he was just fucking unreal. So they're the top three easily. Like LeBron, Steph, KD, Giannis, they've all been good, but they're not touching those three at the moment for sheer fucking spectacle, I reckon. So kind of love it. Unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Uh, unpopular opinion of the day, we have more talent and more young talent right now than at any other point in NBA history. I don't know if that's unpopular, but everybody's like, oh, man, the NBA was so good in the 90s. And it's like, just go back and watch some of those games. They're a bit of a fucking slog, I'll tell you. And, yeah, like in the early 90s, there was just a shit ton of talent still. And then, you know, by the end of the 90s, it was... uh bit of a rough one early thousands another another bit of an uptick and mid thousands kind of going and then by the time you sort of get like some pretty good drafts in there again by the end of the thousands we're rolling and we're sort of seeing the result of that now right like i'm gonna do this on tomorrow's show because there's only two games tomorrow so um i sort of just had this as a bit of a thought experiment like more talent more young talent right now than any other point in nba history like you can just have a think and rattle off a top 30 players right now and you're like holy shit that's insane so that's what i'm gonna do tomorrow and maybe compare and contrast it to a couple of eras when there might have been other ones. So that'll be fun. Because we've got a little bit more time tomorrow. That'll be nice. Right. But what about our back takeouts? It's Thursday. And our back, you know what that means? Oh, yeah. Two for one blooming onions. Only at our back. That's right. No Australian knows what the fuck this is. It appears to be some sort of flour made of onion, but deep fried. You fat bastards, what are you doing? Either way, two for one. All we do is chuck a fucking onion on top of our sausies after we chuck them on the barbie. What are you doing? Either way, only at Outback. Goes great as a flame-grilled take, and today's flame-grilled take is... The Brooklyn Nets are very clearly just tanking to make sure that all through the playoffs... They'll be able to have Kyrie Irving play in any Game 7 that they'll need. Because they'll all be on the road. Only... At Outback. I mean, to be fair, if they land in the five seed through the East, like that's maybe going to happen and then probably going to happen in the finals. <laughs> Why aren't they just... Look, I know that it'll be a PR nightmare and we might even talk about that again tomorrow as well. Just cop the fine. Like, it's fucking dire there at the moment. Anyway, I'll be back in a second with the Australian Player Watch right after this one. This is Shane Hill. And you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Australian player watch Paddy Mills, and that lost to Denver 21 points, six assists. Uh, he went four of eight from three. He played pretty bloody great. Uh, six of 12 from the floor, five of six from the free throw line, three rebounds and a steal. Good game. Uh, Jingles in that loss to Phoenix. He started, he had six points. He went three rebounds, one assist, two of six from the floor. He did go two of four from three, which is all right. It's the first time he's hit multiple threes in a week. Uh, Josh Green in that win over Portland. 15 minutes for Joshy Green. Nine points, three of four from the floor, three of four at the free throw line, which was great. Uh, two rebounds, two assists, and one block. And I think I tweeted out, my favorite thing about this Josh Green game wasn't that he got a, like a little bit more run in some garbage time and... Had a couple of nice cuts here and there to sort of get some buckets. But when the game was still actually sort of in the balance, he was a net positive. His hustle, uh, his sort of just wherewithal to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, Find the cutter, find the right man, make the right pass. 
I just kind of love it. And you like to see that the Mavs are kind of trusting him a little bit more. That makes me very happy. <laughs> All right. And then Josh uh, was joined by Jock Landau as well out there today. Lost to Memphis. He played 11 minutes, did Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landau. Two points. He went 0-3 on threes, 1-4 from the floor. He had four rebounds and one steal. So not bloody bad. Uh, do you want to do a really, 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 really quick Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence? Because I think that sounds like a fun one. Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba. I just wanted to uh, point this one out. Ja Morant, his last four games, he's gone 33, 8, and 14, 38, 6, and 6, 35, 13, and 6, and then today, 41, 5, and 8. Yeah. That's pretty fucking outstanding in the field of excellence. (laughs) Jesus. What a run. He, Joker, and Joel. Like, they're putting up numbers that are just defying, just... All convention, and I'm loving every second of it. All right, Kiwi Corner. We always do this on a Thursday. Uh, so since we last checked in on the big Kiwi, Stephen Adams in that loss to Milwaukee last week, he had four points, 11 rebounds, and two assists and two steals. Backed it up in the win over Denver, going hammer and tongs against the big Joker. Four points, six rebounds, three assists, four steals for big Stephen Adams. Nice. Uh, and the loss to Dallas, though, on the weekend, uh, he had five points, 11 rebounds, two assists, and then today... Up against the Spurs, 2-2 two two from the floor. Love to see that. Four points, eight rebounds, three assists, a block and a steal. Bloody good. He's averaging 6.7 points, 9.3 rebounds, three assists, which is uh, not bloody bad for uh, Big Steven Adams. So he's being utilized pretty well by the Grizz as well, I reckon. All right, Penny Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. Uh, this is just Jock Landale and his puppy again. <laughs> Sucked in. Just saying. Yeah, that's all it is. Just go check out his IG stories. He's always out there with the puppy, hanging out, doing his thing. There was a great picture of just him launching his shot today, but there's a picture of him, uh, the missus, and the puppy at the park. Another good one of him reposting, I believe, uh, Reginald Thomas of Derek White looking up at his coffee, and then a uh, close-up on his face. All right, looking beard there, Jock. Good stuff. But the puppy ones is what I'm, the puppy photos are what I'm here for, and that is a very, very cute you puppy. Right, game previews and picks for tomorrow. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inverting Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. You better go get the squid. Yeah, better hurry up. Uh, today we went 8 of 10 on the picks. We smashed it. I hope you're listening because, uh, I don't know, your mate Jimmy made a little bit of money, so that's good. Uh, 411 of 713 so far on the season. Absolutely crushing it. Uh, and tomorrow we've got two games. So we've got Lakers-Philly, which is awesome at 11.30. And then we've got Minnesota-Golden State after that. Uh, I'm going to take the Sixers at home, minus two and a half. I just think the Lakers, I don't know, I just don't know if their defense is going to be good enough to slow down the Philly dudes on the perimeter, and Embiid is going to just take everybody in that Lakers team in the middle to task. So give me the Sixers, minus two and a half. And then Golden State, five and a half point favorites against Minnesota. This one's even a bit trickier, though. Five and a half feels like a lot. Minnesota, you just never know. Their defense is crazy. The offense is so hit and miss. They have been on a little bit lately. Golden State, though... Their defense is probably good enough to stymie Minnesota to a point where they can pull out and win this one. So I'm going to take Golden State minus five and a half as well. And uh, yeah, there you go. We'll take the two favorites, which I don't two home teams and two favorites, which I don't I don't usually do. I just think Golden State having a better D than Minnesota 
have an offense uh, will make it a bit tough. Like, Cat could probably punish Golden State a bunch, but D'Lo, Ant-Man, you got to rely on them. Golden State out there with Steph and Clay and Co. Just trust them a bit more than I trust Minnesota. And Embiid is going to tear up the Lakers tomorrow, isn't he? And try to fight LeBron. All right, there you go. We'll wrap up those tomorrow. And as mentioned, we'll do, um, you know, maybe a couple of top 30 compare and contrast from some different areas. That'll be fun. Nice. All right, uh, so make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, FaceEIG, and check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. That was a good one this week. Really fun. Wrapping up in, like, probably the most fun NFL weekend uh, in the playoffs that we can both remember. Uh, Adam with World Wrestling Australia. Keep your eye on his channel, uh, nbaaustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Check us a rating and review on your podcast app. Come on. Do it now. Rate and review. I don't ask for much. Jesus. Manscaped.com. Use the code Straya. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code Straya. The DailyLicker.com. That same code Straya. You'll get a free six-pack if you're in Melbourne. Knowable. Download that up from your app store. Bang in the code Straya. Get 20% off getting smarter. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band House Hats. Also, thanks go to Joshua De La Rentis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. However, you stay in touch with your bands and listen to your tunes. NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. And we'll close out today's show with just a classic cooking with Bainsy, I reckon. Because i got to go and grab the squid. <laughs> all right, so we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, who's in Cooking with Bainsey is filmed in front of a socially distanced live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsey with your host, Aaron Bangers Bains. <laughs> G'day. G'day, yeah. <laughs> Look at this all there. All nice and separated. Oh, I love having a live audience back. This is bloody great, isn't it? Oh, there's Cheryl. Hello, Cheryl. Look at you. Oh, too happy to be here. Oh, that's bloody great. Anyway, yes, welcome back to Cooking with Bainsey. I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Bainsey. Uh, just recuperating from fall and stuff and everything, but still out here chefing for you. And that's what we're here for in this here episode. I've been learning some new cooking techniques, and this one is an absolute bloody ripper. I'll tell you what, because today we are going to whip up one of my absolute favourites. It is an absolute delicacy no matter where you go in the world. You can have whenever that iconic classic. It's good for brekkie, lunch, dinner, midnight snack. That's right. It's steak. That's right, bloody steak. That's right. I love me steaks. I'll tell you what. And you can follow along with my cooking method because it's easy as, mate. It definitely helps keep up this physique, if you know what I mean. Protein, baby! There you go. So, it is bloody simple, isn't it? All you got to do is go down to your butcher. His name's probably Vasily. Ask him to go, look, Vasily, give me two bloody steaks. And you go, what What type of steak? And like, doesn't matter. Just whatever tickles your fancy, Vasily. None of that wagyu bullshit nonsense. Just give me two good-looking steaks. Two good bloody steaks. Now, make sure you've got a barbie. 
some oil, and some salt and pepper. And that's it. Fire up your barbie. Get her nice and hot. There you go. Hey, there you go. Yeah, bit of oil. Bit of oil. Yeah. Then season your steaks ever so lightly with a bit of salt and pepper. Just a bit of a pinch. There you go. And then grab your steak. Bang it on. Now, don't fucking touch it. None of it. Leave it alone. Don't fucking fiddle with it. Just sit back, grab a tin, and three and a half minutes later, flip that fucker over. There you go. Oop, there you go. Hey. Now, leave it alone again. Don't fucking touch it. You heard me. You fuck. don't touch it. Simple as three and a half more minutes, and look at that. There you bloody go. Look at this one. <laughs> oh, can't wait to get stuck. Oh, but you can't. You've got to let it rest for five minutes. Let it sit there. Let it hang out. And that'll be perfectly medium if you want it. You can go rare if you want. You can go hardcore if you want. But either way, that, my friends, is Bob's your fucking uncle, isn't it? Look at it. It's an absolute ripper of a brekkie lunch or dinner. Fucking good old steak. Ah, oh, it's just bloody delicious. Oh, and look, I'm just going to get stuck with this one now. I will. <laughs> That'll do certain pressure shields. Don't you worry about that. Oh, if you know how to cook a steak, you're a long way ahead in life. That's all I know. And if you want to get fancy, have some veggies with it if you want. I love a bit of potato salad. Whip that up. I think we've done one before. So go check that out. It's fucking unreal. All right, how easy was that? Get stuck into it. Do it at home yourselves on your own barbie. You'll bloody love it. Learn how to cook a steak. And everybody will bloody respect you. All right, tune in to NBA Australia next time for a new recipe. And we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsey.